Hello Rebels of the Heart, it's Luna. I've come back to do a little Christmassy episode for you all. And I'm sorry that I've been away and I haven't done any interviews or anything, but I've been on, a well, I'm still on an online retreat that is going to take me into the new year. And I've been needing an awful lot of time for integration in between the levels of this, um, this online retreat that I'm on. And I'm not very well, so I haven't really felt up to coming and doing anything. And as much as I've missed you, I haven't really wanted to come and speak. And I didn't want to just speak for the sake of it either. But this episode has been percolating for a while. And this episode is going to be about forgiveness. And, you know, we're close to the, close to the um, winter solstice here in the UK. Uh, it might be summer solstice where you are, but it's winter solstice where I am. And this is a time, because it's linked into Christmas, it's a time of forgiveness, because Christ is the master of forgiveness. So that link in means it's a time of forgiveness. That's not me saying, oh, <laughs> if you've got a list of people you haven't forgiven, you must do it now because it's Christmas, because that's not how it works. So I thought I would just come and share some of what's happened in my life with forgiveness and some of my views and ideas around forgiveness and see where that takes us. So I think a good place to start is probably if I tell you about me forgiving my dad. So if you haven't listened to my episode um, about my dad's death which I think I think it's episode nine in the series so you are free and welcome to go and listen to it if you want to but I basically touched on how I was abused as a child and when my dad died a lot of the karma around that died with him because karma is only held through um human bodies you know like you don't have karma with your cats or your dogs or whatever your budgie whatever because <laughs> it's not a human body so when he died, loads of the karma died with him. And um, so I was much lighter and my grief, although it was very deep, it was easier um, or certainly appeared to be easier than how it was for other family members. But the bit that wasn't easy was that I then I tried to forgive him in the run up to him dying. And I, I think I did reach a point of forgiveness but I wouldn't say it was full, uh, the full liberty of forgiveness, you know, the freedom that comes when you forgive somebody for them and yourself. That wasn't there. And after he died, he started to kind of like visit, <laughs> you know, just a bit. He kind of left a bit of his soul to do that kind of work with me and to be a guide. So he kept popping back and I was like, and honestly, I was that frightened of my dad. That I used I used to say to angels, get rid of him, get him out the room. When he came, when his soul came in, I'd be like, get rid of him, get him out the room, take him away right now. No, 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 not speaking with you. Don't speak to me. Don't look at me. Don't visit me. You know, I was really, really frightened of him. And so it took a long time before I would even allow his kind of like his, his soul image to kind of float into my awareness. And I didn't even dare ask him the question of what he wanted or what he was there for. I didn't ask anything. I was just like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> what are you going to do to me? Because I was so frightened 
because of what our relationship had been like um, when he was in human form. That's not to say that he was a really scary figure. He was lovely with the rest of the family and certainly on the surface of things was lovely with me, but it was kind of a bit of a complex um, situation that I was in with him. So eventually at some point I kind of, and I don't even remember when it was, but I kind of softened a bit and was like, right, okay, you keep coming. So you come in with a reason. If you want to hang out, that's okay. But don't speak to me. <laughs> you can see I, I struggle with forgiveness. Like, don't even speak to me. <laughs> it's only two years since you've died. Don't speak to me. <laughs> and it probably was about two years, actually, after his death. I mean, he, he died in 2017, so we're some way off now. And then when I fled, the abuse, I was abused by, by my my last relationship as well so I when I fled that and fled all the family and all the abuse in 2020 my dad's soul became a bit more prevalent and was around a bit more and I just decided one day whilst he was there to say I I do not know how to forgive you but I am going to start out on the path of forgiveness for everybody that's hurt me and it will take as long as it takes and it will be as twisty a path as it is and I accept that and that alone was enough to set in motion lots of different little scenarios and cases and things that went on whereby eventually I was able to forgive him and what happened was I start I started to sort of communicate with him a little bit, not much. And and actually he doesn't speak to me. I don't know if it's because I've once told him never to speak to me. <laughs> I can't normally I'm quite clairaudient, but I can't actually I don't get any words from him. <laughs> I shouldn't have said, should never have said, don't speak to me, because he actually doesn't know. And and what happened was he started to be around a bit more and I started to think about his life to come away from my own stuff my own pain and the things he'd done to me and think about what must it have been like for him within our family unit and within the earthly life that he had with me and what will have happened to him when he was a child and what will have happened to his parents and actually, he has a really sad, tr tragic, actually, story from his, you know, throughout his childhood. It was a very sad childhood. So that, so that got me thinking about, well, if he had all that sadness in his childhood, and I came into the family dynamic as the scapegoat, and I was the scapegoat because I was the light that came to transform the family dynamic. So it's okay that I was the scapegoat. And also being the scapegoat is a great teacher for codependence and empaths because it teaches us eventually a bit more of a Zen approach, which is like, you know, well, that actually, that isn't mine, that's yours. You can have it back. 
and you can process it and I'm not going to process it for you anymore and I'm not going to hold your pain inside me anymore and you're not going to hide that within me anymore you can keep hold of that so it comes to teach you that so it's not actually a bad role it's it's actually quite a privileged role when you think about it like that so I played that so it was inevitable that all of his pain from his childhood that he didn't feel able to process was put onto me and in doing that it meant that other people within the family were shielded and had a much nicer experience of him than I had and that's okay and so I started to think about how awful it must have been to be his generation because our generation is really really fortunate and I think sometimes we forget this but we literally can go on the internet and get healing meditations I mean you often you can even get free actual healing there's all kinds of techniques you can learn all different things. You can get books about how to heal yourself, how to comfort yourself, how to love yourself, how to take care of yourself. And all about how abuse, you know, is wrong and what it looks like. And he he didn't have that. You know, that generation did not have that. They didn't have therapy. Or at least in the UK, they didn't. They didn't have therapy. And they just did not have access to the healing kind of the the ascension tools if you like that that we have so I think it's a bit harsh to expect them to have their shit together when actually they're the trailblazers that dealt with more pain than we deal with and yes they might have inflicted great pain on us as well and that's not right but we can see where it comes from and in seeing where it comes from we see how it ends and the way to end it is to open your heart. The great transformer, love. And if you don't open your heart, then love can't can't transform it for you. It can't just because it can't come through. It can't get through if you keep your heart closed. So there was just moments where I guess I was opening my heart because I had real compassion for how difficult his life must have been and how. And I think because I was working with his soul, you know, I got sort of like the clear sentience, the felt sense as well of some of the things that he felt. And he was very, very confused. I mean, he never came across that way because he was really, um, I think it was fake confidence, to be honest, but, it, but he did come across as very certain of himself and very assertive. But actually inside, he was very confused. And just knowing that, you know, if anybody was like that, you, you'd want to hug them, you'd want to help them. And that, so that's been enough for my heart to eventually open. And when it opened, it was like a corridor of light that just went right through the paternal lineage because I'd also seen the pain of his parents. And I'd also seen, so I'd seen the pain of my grandparents on the paternal side, and I'd seen the pain of all the men really in, in the lineage and it just went right through and it just wiped out oh, I don't even I don't even know what to call it karmic debt maybe and it and that that was just one little moment of forgiveness tiny moment of forgiveness that burst through 
and it emptied and cleared the line better than if I'd had a hundred healings. So fast as well. I, just, I didn't even cry. It was nothing. And it was gone. Whoop, gone. All gone. Can you see how worthwhile it is? Because that's cleared, in, in essence, that's cleared one side of my lineage. So all of the different lives that we have together and all the different lives that they have with or without me, through all the different um, parallel universes and, and different lives that are running concurrently at, the, at this time, are going to be so much lighter. And they're lighter because I chose to forgive in that one little moment and that's all, all all it took that was all it took the thing is we get told don't we that um forgiveness isn't for them it's for you <laughs> because it's easier to think of it that way than it is to think it's going to be for the person that hurt you but actually it's for everyone forgiveness is for everyone because it frees them and it frees you and it means that, you know, any other interactions that are happening concurrently or in alternative um, or parallel universes will be lightened up. So if you have the power in this moment to do that, would you choose to do it? I guess you would. I guess I would anyway. So that, so that was them. And that was my dad. But it did take years to get to that, I must admit. And it and it wasn't necessarily easy, you know, he was kind of in and out. His soul was in and out and I was working with him on and off type thing for a long time before I could get to that point. But I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. So I'm kind of like telling him to help celebrate it as well, you know. I'm really proud of myself and I'm so pleased that I did it. I'm really, really happy that I did it. And then there's the maternal lineage. <laughs> which is a little bit harsher than the paternal lineage and has wreaked a bit more havoc, but has actually had more pain and more, you know, horrific things happen to them than the paternal lineage had. Not that, you know, a game of comparison just doesn't work in any situation, in my opinion, but I'm just trying to sort of give you a picture. And I'm finding it really hard. And also, you know, my mum is still alive. I'm estranged from it, but she's still alive. And I just find it incredibly hard to, to forgive that side. So that's the path I'm on now. And I don't have visits, you know, from Seoul about that but my maternal grandmother has always been around since she died and she just pops in every now and again and I'm like no I'm on with it <laughs> I'm doing my best oh my god and in the end the other day when I was meditating for I know I know I know what I'll do because you know really it's a choice and it's a very simple very quick choice to choose to forgive and it is just an opening of the heart but I just I just haven't been able to do it and I don't believe in trying to force your heart open you know I actually think that's quite cruel 
and for me as a survivor of rape when you're raped your heart is forced open so I I don't want to perpetuate that so it's a little bit trickier for me because of that you know it's just got a little bit bit more of a scary type territory for me to be in so I thought I know I know what I'll do I know I will call in the master of forgiveness I will call in Jesus and he's he's been around since I was very very little as a guide but he's another one that I used to turn away all the time until it's only about a year I started letting him in we're good buddies now and so he came in and I said oh Jesus I need to forgive my maternal lineage and it feels really important but I just can't do it I said how do you forgive how do you do it and he said you just invite me into your heart I did I invited him in I don't know I don't know what's happening if anything's happening or if I've done anything yeah I don't really have any guidance around it just I, I just invited him into my heart which again, I mean, even up to a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I was too frightened of him because he's kind of, you know, the the healed divine masculine. I'd never really come across that. And I was always very frightened of it as a child. It seemed like I couldn't trust it because it was so unique to me. But now I do trust it. So I, I invited him into my heart. So kind of feeling like there will just be a moment there will just be a moment like there was with the paternal lineage and I do have a lot of compassion for my mum she had the most horrific childhood I mean out of respect you know because this is about forgiveness so I don't want to keep going banging on about what people have done wrong because that's the opposite of forgiveness isn't it but you know just to give you like a, a flavor she you know, had a horrific childhood. And again, I won't disrespect my ancestors or my mother by going into that, but it was really horrific. I mean, absolutely horrifying. And it was relentless. So I understand why she acts how she does. I understand it and I have compassion for it. And I believe it's probably been a very this has probably been a very difficult life for her even though it doesn't look like that on the outside to you know the ordinary person that's not digging a bit deeper probably looks like she's got a very privileged life but I can sense deeper than that and it's not you know it's a very difficult life and a huge role that she took on within this family and for that I can be grateful I think I'm gonna cry. And um <laughs> I just need to have a bit of a crisis if you don't mind just giving me a moment. Thank you. <laughs>
Thank you for staying with me with that. I'm just crying because there's been so much pain in the family. And I really do want it to end and I just feel like it ends with me. But I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's, you know, quite lonely work sometimes. Because it's just me. And sometimes it's just a lot to bear. Okay, so I think I'm going to probably try and do something a bit more with that <clears throat> when I come off the podcast, though. I'm not going to do it now. So thank you. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that, so that's the maternal lineage. And then... The other thing that I have is, you know, I've had lots of men that have abused me. And the, the last man that abused me, you know, when I got out of that, he then continued the abuse and did his best to kind of finish me off and take everything from me. And I'm not quite out of that process yet. I'm very, very, very nearly at the end. I'm right at the end. I'm hoping that the end will, the kind of official end, <clears throat> the documents and things to officially end that relationship. I'm hoping that they will come through uh, by the winter solstice. So I think we're just over a week away. So I'm really hoping that they come through for that, but there's obviously no guarantee they'll come through in divine timing, but I'm, I'm hoping to leave it in in this year but it's very hard to forgive them as well and I have a lot of compassion for what they've been through but I just can't quite in that moment like what I had with the paternal lineage I just cannot quite get to that with my maternal lineage or with him and then there's a whole host of other men like I say that have raped me and abused me and I'm kind of like have I forgiven them they don't really seem to mean anything to me now. Just, just somebody from the past. I can't even picture their faces or anything with a lot of them. But I don't know if that's the trauma. <laughs> like I've blanked them out, you know. Or if I've genuinely just gone, well, that was that. And it's done. So I have a lot going on around forgiveness, as you can tell. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not considering to be a teacher of it at all quite the opposite I think forgiveness is teaching me what I wanted to share with you all because it's time of forgiveness and I know it, around this time of year we can often be you know around people that have done things to us that have hurt us and who maybe we don't even want to spend time with you know because Christmas can sometimes force force you to be around people you don't want to be around that kind of thing not force you because you always have a choice but you you know what I mean the choice can be quite awkward and uncomfortable for example if there's a, a married couple in your family and you like one of them and not the other well you're probably going to see both of them aren't you that kind of thing so I really just wanted to kind of speak about it for that and because Jesus has been visiting quite a lot for the past week and he's been kind of uh, nudging me you need to do a podcast on forgiveness. And I'm like, well, 
I'm the last person that should do a podcast on forgiveness. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, the thing that you're struggling with the most is the thing that if you start to talk about it and share with other people, then sometimes it, it can help, can't it? It can solve some of that and just heal some of it. So I don't know if there's anything else about forgiveness that I want to say. Oh, just really that, you know, it can be an ongoing process rather than, right, that's it. I've chosen to forgive and it's all done. And it is a choice, of course, but I think it, there's like a path with it. It's not really a destination because what I noticed as well with the paternal lineages, I can like revisit as well. So there's almost like a deepening of forgiveness that happens. So I think instead of thinking of it as, you know, well, I just have to make this choice right now and it has to be done right now because that's quite forceful and quite frightening for a scared heart. The gentler, softer way is to kind of just invite in the path of forgiveness. And that path of forgiveness is all full of um, paving stones of compassion for the the root cause, really, of, of what made somebody behave how they behaved and that doesn't mean that you say it's okay and that they can just do what they want because they can't and it's not okay but it does mean that you can see beyond the human behavior and into the patterns that are creating that behavior and of course you can always pray for them I mean I have done that and um Oh, that's it. Actually, I'll tell you this because it's quite funny. <laughs> like, cause my, one, one of my guides is Mother Mary and she has been around since birth, right? And she's, you know, like she's always got this really mild image, hasn't she? <laughs> she's not mild at all with me. <laughs> like, honestly, she's like spiritual boot camp. And often I try and shy away from her. I'm just like, no, no, I don't want to speak to you. A lot of me not wanting to speak to people. I'm quite funny like that. <laughs> Guides, I'm like, no, I don't like you. Send a different one. <laughs> well, she she tends to kick my ass, right? And I mean, just whatever I want, she gives me the complete opposite. And then she just stands, she literally stands and watches. And I'm like, are you insane? What is wrong with you? And she's like, well, I'm just teaching you about alternative outcomes you know thanks <laughs> I know about them <laughs> how about you give me what I want <laughs> she's just like nope so this this time um I actually had I prayed for protection because my my ex had hired a private investigator and found found my address here and then it come after me and I was very scared and I was with the police and <clears throat> was going to court and there were two separate court cases. And one was for a protective order and one was for a criminal charge against him. And I was in such a terrible state, like I was under the crisis team. I was as close to death as I've ever been. Really, really. You know, I did. I nearly died. I nearly died. I just was so, so ill. And the trauma was so deep and was taking all of my prana. Um, I, I could barely function. And I really mean that, like I was confined to bed 
<clears throat> I didn't even notice that I was confined to bed because I, I just was so traumatized. Um, so I, I, when I had like moments of energy, I was like, I, I do something called the rosary. So I pray the rosary, which is with rosary beads and you pray to mother Mary, divine mother. And it's like a set way of doing it. And I, and I do that. And I find that really comforting and really supportive. And because she's my guide, she kind of stands and watches whilst I do it. And she goes off and does things I don't like. And she comes back and shares with me why she did the things I don't like. <laughs> and that's how it goes. <laughs> okay. So, but I still do turn to her because always, always, it always turns out to be for the best. So I've been praying to her and I was like, please protect me. I'm so scared and I'm terrified. And this is, you know, this is going to court and I want a protective order. I don't feel protected. And she was like, you are protected. You're alive. <laughs> I was like, I know I'm alive, but I would really like a protective order so I can feel safe. <laughs> she was just like, meh. So it went to court. Hey, and this recording might be a little bit disjointed because my internet just cut out then. And I'm not very good at editing. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what this is going to be like. So basically then um, it goes to court. Um, it was in the morning. The court case was in the morning and I wasn't allowed to go to, in order to protect me. So I guess she did sort of protect me in a way. And I didn't get to go. And I was waiting and waiting to hear. And I'm thinking, what's going on with this? Anyway, late on at night, I get a phone call from the police. And they tell me that he brought a full legal team with him, went for the jugular. And it actually turned out that he lied in court. Um but I wasn't, they wouldn't, the police wouldn't have known that. I would have done, but the police wouldn't have known that. So they weren't able to call him out on it because they didn't know. So the protective order wasn't granted. And the state that I was in, I was in such an absolutely traumatized state. I literally, as soon as I put the phone down to the police, I was literally sobbing, like wailing. And I was terrified and also so angry like such a fire in me because I knew you know he's very smug and he and I knew as well that he would go around telling everybody that it's because I lied even though I didn't <laughs> you know so I was like infuriating so I was like right mother Mary where are you and I was having a real ego tantrum you know and I was like I hate you I'm never asking anything of you ever again I despise you and I was like I don't understand why you did this she's always dead calm it's always the same you know I don't really get any difference she's always very level and she and she said and I said you never protected me as a child and now you haven't protected me again and she just said well you need to heal from that and then just disappeared so she basically was teaching me that it's more important to heal from what's happened than it is 
to continue the energy of it. So that was a great lesson. But then not long afterwards, she came to me and she said, now you need to pray for him, for his family, and for the people that don't believe you and believe him. I was like, what? Are you insane? Like, have you lost it? And I was like, oh. <laughs> how can I do that? You don't do anything for me, but you want me to do everything for them. Why is it always like that with me? Why do I always have to be the bigger person? And I don't even get protected. <laughs> so why should I be the bigger person for you? And she was just like, it is important. Please do it. So I did. So I started saying the rosary for them all. And I did that for about 18 months. I only just recently stopped, actually, because my guidance was to stop. But that is a great lesson in forgiveness. <laughs> and it's also very humbling. So thank you, Mother Mary. And also, it's a lesson in oneness. So this is why, you know, when I was saying earlier that forgiveness is not just, um, you know, about you. I know there's lots of like memes on the internet that say forgiveness is for you, not them. It's for everyone. It really is for everyone. So I think that story's enough. And I'm a bit worried about the internet because the internet's terrible here, which is what, <clears throat> what happened when it cut out. And I'm not sure how I'm going to piece them together, etc. So I'm going to leave it at that. I think that's enough for one episode on forgiveness. There might be more. I'll come and celebrate you with you all once I've forgiven the maternal line and um, my ex. How about that, hey? So whether you forgive or not, I wish you the very best time over this festive holiday period, however you choose to celebrate or not. And I send you lots and lots of love and hugs. Okay, darlings, thank you so much for being with me. I love you lots. Bye.